Hey, this is Carson from the Callous Cowboys, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, guys and girls, I'm going to welcome you back to a new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, here. Once again, today, I have the honor of speaking with an insanely talented frontman known as Carson Pace. Bro, thank you so much for joining our IUF series today, man. You know, we are finally here at an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the crew over at the Callous Cowboys with the drop of your highly anticipated album, A Celebrity Therapist, uh, setting to drop on September 2nd through MNRK Heavy and Modern Static. Carson, I want to start things off by commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far, especially with other outlets like Revolver, Brooklyn Vegan, Metal Injection, to name, to name a few, who have been just praising your work there's so much to discover about i mean this hair pulling mosher of an album and what you're all about now before we get to all that and beyond i mean we talked about it you know um it's it's been a wild ride in the last two years but i also want to mention you guys are currently in the middle of touring cycles you guys touring it's so exciting right you guys just recently wrapped up with limbs and gray heaven now you have another one coming up with rollo tomasi and and yeah yeah I mean, talk about getting excited again after what we all experienced for the last two years. How are you, first off? <laughs> and have you had the chance kind of just kind of just take it all in? I know we saw you guys at the So What Feds kind of just destroy everything. But well, take it from here, um, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, like so yeah, I mean the the one you didn't mention was uh uh about nine days after the the Grey Haven and Limbs run ended, we went on yeah. we were out for another month with Avatar. Um, I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah. Freaking Avatar of all bands. Yeah, of all bands. Um, <laughs> and there are there are good buddies now. Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm I'm so glad we were able to do it. Um, you know how am I? Uh, I'm never home. Uh, I am. I'm home right now. We yeah. Leave in a few days for this. This is a rare Carson you're seeing. Okay. So yeah, yeah, very rare. Very rare that you're getting here. Um, I'm really tired. But yeah. at the same time, I, I like, you know, we had nine days in between the limbs and Greyhaven run and the Avatar run. So we were kind of like, like, what do I do with myself? <laughs> yeah, no, because you, you're in that mode for so long. Definitely. How do you tune yeah. out even just for a short period of time? Right. Well, and then last week, last week, I filled in on guitar for another band. And so wow. like for, for three dates. So, uh, you know, here I am back again, and I'm just like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to get back on the road. So um, I mean, what is time even? You know, it's at this point. What, what what what's that? What's that saying? You'll sleep when you're dead. Oh yeah, no, no, hundred <laughs> percent. I think I've said that many times. Is uh, I, I mean, I'm currently writing another Dowboys record, like right now. Bro, don't tell me that right now, man. We haven't <laughs> even touched on the new one. I, I I wonder if like having an album drop in the midst of all this kind of makes things even more exciting. I mean, it's always great to release new music surrounding a tour, I feel like. And definitely, I mean, it's, I'm really, it's almost like a proud moment. I'm seeing where you guys started to where you are now. I know you've been at this for only six years, but it's, it's really cool. People are really catching on you guys. And case in point that everything I saw at the, so what fest and you guys were touring with avatar and now it's going to get even, I mean, you're excited, right? You're tired. I'm but... very excited. I no, no, no. I I don't want anyone to think I'm ungrateful. I'm having a great time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love touring. It's so much fun. Um, 
I the the thing about touring is so little of it is in my hands, whereas mm -hmm. because I have such a big hand in production when it comes to our records, um, yeah. I I have a lot of control over what happens in studio. So I, I love being in the studio. That's still pretty uh, cool. And uh, I uh, we've never had anything come out while we were on the road, like not even a single or anything. So, um, I mean, we were kind of uh, we had a single drop, I guess, like the day before the first date of the Grey Haven tour, yeah. but uh, never an album. So we're going to, you know, walk up on stage on September 2nd and be like, Hey everybody, these are the songs from the album that came out today. So, I mean, I think I'm probably going to cry. Um, this album is a long time coming. I mean, I love it. I think it's like the perfect introduction to our band and also a really good follow-up to our debut. So, um, I, I can't wait, man. I, I, I just wanted to be out. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you're, you're talking about touring. I want to stick on, stick on that subject on, on touring because, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, Carson, but considering what we've all been through these last two years, right? Because this is something that was taken away yeah. from us abruptly, just like that. I was yeah. at a show. I mean, you can see everything around me. Like I was at a show every week. I mean, mm -hmm. if not every day before yeah. the shutdowns. If you were to ask me this question, I want to ask you this. I know I would have a different answer two years ago. Would you say you have a newfound appreciation of the live concert experience now? Uh, I guess. Um, I definitely have a larger appreciation for playing. Um, I've recently developed a lot of social anxiety, so I haven't been going to many shows, but um, I, I mean, of course I missed it. Um, mm -hmm. We played our biggest show we had ever played the day before everything shut down here. So like, man, my job told us to go home. I was, I was working at guitar center Um and uh, we played with Silent Planet and Grey Haven at like a at like a sold out show uh, the day before. And then I walked into work feeling I was like, man, what an awesome night. This coronavirus shit's crazy. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, then like someone in the store got exposed and we were like, all right, well. Oh, so it's a real thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. And yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I was uh, like, I, I didn't know what to believe at the time. You know, it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, me the day right. happened. I was, I, I was actually sitting in a bus interviewing Max Cavalera of all people, right when the shot shutdown started. And it was wow. a great show. I was like, man, it's like talking about like our experiences, right? A way to like, right before the shutdown started, yeah. Yeah. you didn't know what, what was going to happen. And yeah, I, I would say I would have a, I'm more grateful now. I mean, now, now I go to show as much as I want, I, as much as I can. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that's why we're hitting the road so hard is because yeah. we didn't, I mean, our growth was kind of stunted a little bit. I mean, and granted yeah, we yeah. did get to go make a new record, but we had so much shit lined up for that summer. We were just like, oh, we're ready to go. Like we're ready to pop. We're ready to be, you know, the band that we're supposed to be and everything like that. And that didn't happen, but that's okay. Um, and I mean, now we just want to take everything that we can get because I mean, not only, I mean, our lineup's different um, from when we went into the pandemic. Um, yeah. Apart from that, we're just, we're all two years older, which is very Somehow. Strange. Somehow uh, yeah, aged two years. I'm uh, still, I'm still, bro, I'm still processing 2019. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously. I, I like one day I was 23 and then I was 25. So it's very weird. Um, all of a sudden, my hair is longer. My it's grayer. Like right, what yeah, the hell? Yeah. What happened, man? Well, I, and uh, I mean, I think that we're 
I, I think that we're all a lot more talented at our instruments. Like one of the things that I did when the shutdown happened was take mm-hmm. vocal lessons. Cause I was just like watching us back, trying to relive old moments. <laughs> um, and I was so like, oh, so you're sentimental like me, like you would go back and watch, I bit. would watch, yeah. go back and watch, watch like old videos. And I keep, and I mean like a nostalgic stuff, like I would go back and just revisit sure. as much as I can. You know, I, that was a question I wanted to ask too, like aside from the music did that time in the pandemic open up new things for you in a way that you may not have discovered before about yourself? Something that doesn't involve music, something you can't take with you going forward. You know? Definitely. I, yeah. I mean, I got like way more uh, introspective and way more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, I don't know. I was like, ah, shit. I've kind of just been like a dumb teenager, <laughs> getting, but like carried into my twenties. So, can't really, uh, can't really. Yeah, no, I kind of got my life together. I, I bought a car. I moved out of my parents' house. I, I, I did I did a lot of things. Um, You're the man. I, like, have my own bank account, all that jazz. Uh, <laughs> man, th- dude, you're checking it off the list. I remember I when, the, when, the, when when it first started. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know we're talking, like, we're going back to the dreaded 2020. I know nobody wants to do that, but it's crazy, like, how we grew up doing that. We all did grow up together, you know? That's really yeah. the, the essential of all this. Weird. The first couple of months, it was really cool because I was able to catch up on all the stuff that I didn't want to do. It's like, oh, this is great. I can wake up late and I can Definitely. do I can do this, this, this. And then once, <laughs> once like, June and July hit, it's like, all right, now I got to figure out what to do. Like, it's now, it's like, it's starting to seep in. Definitely, and, yeah, no. and, I mean, you can only take so many, like, long-ass walks or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> that too. My dog loved it though. It was great for my dog because I was home every day. (laughs) It was a time of our pets lives. And now it's, it's amazing to see because I also feel like live music is at the point of saturation because everyone is touring at the same time. Like, you know, I have friends who are not able to go to all these shows because they're at one show and they can't go to another one. You know, Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way. Like you've done so much touring in so little time just this year. Do you feel overwhelmed also at the same time? Or is it just, eh, you know what? I love doing what I do. That's uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, it's it's my job now. Yeah. So I can't really complain. Um, I, I think if I hated it, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, I'm just not the type of person that does no. that. I don't, I don't really, I mean, like, sure, if I have to suffer through something, like, whatever. But, like, if I don't like doing something, I just won't do it. Um, or I won't commit myself 100% to it. I, I'm sure all my former employers can uh, attest to that. But, um, I mean, I love doing this. Yeah. It's the only thing I want to do. So, um, you know, if I was complaining, I, I, you'll you'll never hear a complaint about uh, – you'll, you'll never hear a complaint from me about being yeah. a player, That's for sure. I've seen, bro, I've seen you on stage, all right? So there's no, <laughs> no, no way I, you, I, I can attest to that. Um, now, Carson, I want to wind the clock back here a little bit further, okay? Sure, because sure. I, I, I want to know about this. I'm sure your fans may want to know about this. Let's go back to 2016, maybe even before okay. that. Because for people who may not know, I know you guys are from Atlanta, okay? Mm-hmm. You're looking this is the is this the is this the look? If you could, yeah, I, I, wa- I want to know you about might this. Be because... getting there. You might be getting there. We'll see. I wanted to see if you could briefly, if possible, talk about that defining moment in your life that led to the inception of the Callous Dow Boys with you, Maddie, Adam, Jack, Amber, Sam, into into what it is today. I mean, in six years, right? I mentioned just six years, but you guys yeah. have been on yeah. quite the journey. How did you six come together in the end and realize that this is wanted what you wanted to do with your life? 
Uh, Adam, Adam and Sam actually aren't in the band anymore. Just really uh, just okay out there. Uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing weird. They're just not with us anymore. Um, Understood. Yeah, no. Dan Daniel Hodson is our is our new uh, guitar player and uh, shout out to Daniel. Drummer's, drummer's name is Matt. Um, so, shout out to Matt uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, so me and Maddie, um, had played in a couple bands together. Yeah. Um, leading up to us starting Dowboys and and we were just I mean we were just trying to figure out what we were going to do and um I mean I knew I wasn't going to have a band without her really um at least that wasn't the plan like uh yeah. it was just you know let's you know let's figure some stuff out or whatever um and I think it was just like we were we were in this like pop rock band thing um and we just like we'd released two EPs in that band and we had finished a full length. Like we had written a full length record. It's completely done. Um, and just no one wanted to like put up the money to go record it. Like, even if it was like a shitty recording, like we found somebody who would do it for a hundred dollars a song, mix and yeah. master song, which, you know, you're not getting exactly quality with that, but it was like, Hey, let's let's go record these songs and you know see if it does anything for us. Um, and just nobody wanted to do it uh, except the two of us. So um, where's that record now? Oh, on one of my old hard drives. I have no idea. I want to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was good. I'll like I'll tell you right now, it was a good album. I believe it. Uh, I and you know we were we were pretty proud of it. Um, and it was just like this. Uh, it it existed in full for like a year um wow and uh we were just like this isn't moving um you know our singer doesn't maddie and i were the two guitar players in the band yeah. I, I didn't sing in it um and it was just like our singer doesn't want to do anything like what are we gonna do um and i was kind of like i don't know you want to start a metal band as a joke <laughs> and just see what happens um and we just kind of assembled the people that we wanted to um and we within like one practice we had three songs written and we were like all right well like it's it's looking like this might be the band um, you, you know i wonder what were you listening to at that time uh, that that's a question i want to know you know oh, that goodness um that, that was around the time that i got introduced to like botch and dillinger escape plan oh um, yeah okay and uh i had liked the number 12 looks like you for like a really long time yeah. um i had known about them but like Truthfully, I didn't hear much structure in their music. I was like, they're just like wailing on their I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get like the technicality of it and stuff. Um so I'd heard of all those bands, but I was like, that I don't think that's something I can go make. And then one day I just like asked Maddie, I was like, Do you want to try it? Like, do you want to just try to make this music? Um, and just like we booked our first show after that first practice like shortly after it we wrote three more songs and we were like we have six songs we have a set ready to go went and played our first show came super easy and then we just kept playing shows and they we kept drawing more and more people and then we had like i guess eight songs written mm -hmm. uh, man and everyone wanted to put up the money to go record we went and recorded and we put that ep out and then we wrote another ep and we put that one out and it was just like this is all coming to us like so easy i mean not um, even that but listen to what the way you're just saying it to me like it, you yeah. you are excited to talk about it 
Yeah, like, absolutely. And it, it's coming at such at such a natural level, so fluid. Best decision you've ever done, Carson. I'm, oh, I'm, definitely. I, I still I want to hear so. your pop rock record, by the way. So that's just a, the fan in me. It's but. somewhere. <laughs> um, I, I. It's like a time machine. It's like, huh? Should I pull that out one day? You know, it's just you know, just take a look at it and put it in What's the. Funny is, is there's a song on that record, on that pop rock record called "Celebrity Therapist." Um, that's Bro. Like, we've just had that title for so long that we were just like we got to name the next Alboys record this. So um, that's why, that's why title track is called title track is because there already is a song called celebrity therapist. Um, But yeah, no, like we were, we were just, it was coming to us so easily. And then like we wanted to get more technical. Our first drummer wasn't really down with that. Um, Her name was Alex. She was great. uh, But uh, she was just not down with like doing the more technical, like Mm. crazy shit. Um, and so uh she she left um and then we got sam um and within like one practice with sam we were like this this is the guy like this is cool um he got he got married recently so he's you know doing all his life stuff yeah yeah. she was with us but you know it's all right um and yeah man i mean like we just kept doing it until we you know really really found what what was in our well, what I heard in my head, you know, with our music and, and that's what this record is. That's what celebrity therapist is. It, it is. it is the music I hear in my head. It's the record that I think we were always meant to make as a band. Um, and yeah, I, I, dude, uh, thanks for sharing all that. And and I didn't, I didn't know it that the, you know, the way you started to where you are now, it really, I feel like that really exemplifies the journey. Also uh, it's a statement and a testament to your craft that you've built, you know, something that yeah. I, I mentioned how proud I was to, you know, from where you guys started to where you're at now. I mean, point taken case, case Thanks, right there. Thanks, man. Bro. No, thank you. Let's get to celebrity therapist. This drops September 2nd on MNRK heavy and modern static. MNRK, I can't that's next week, man. That's that, crazy. It's insane. MNRK heavy, by the way, uh-huh. You guys are newly signed to them this past spring, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Congrats, first off. Thank you. I believe this makes you label mates on, alongside bands like Judas Priest. Am I right? I mean, uh-huh. yeah. Toxic Holocaust, uh, Enterprise Earth, by the way. Shout out to uh, Gabe from Enterprise Earth. He's been on our show. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Joel from Toxic Holocaust. And I-, I wonder what's the feeling like kicking off this new chapter of the band with someone like MNRK by your side, Carson. I mean, it's I, this has to be mentioned because it's a big deal. It's awesome. Um, I, I, so we had, um, we, we did our debut album, um, our, our debut full length die on Mars. We did that completely independently. Um, great. You record. Know, sold all of our, thank you. Uh, we sold all of our shit to pay for that, to pay for the studio time and all the music videos and shit like that. Um, we didn't have any funding from our parents or, or nothing like that. Um, did it all ourselves. Um, just because I, I, knew it was going to pay off. Um, and we had a couple different labels courting us. Um, you know, the usual suspects for our contemporaries, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Names, but you can guess. Um, of course. And uh, just none of it seemed right. Uh, it all just seemed like, you know, we're the hot thing right now for this genre. So they're offering us something. Um, and if we stay hot, you know, we'll be in their good graces. Um, and it was sort of this pace of like, Hey, you're going to put out an album every two years and, you know, you might get to tour with knock loose or something, you know, whatever. Um, but that's, that's just not how we work. Um, our albums take as long as they take, 
Um, they release when the time's right. Um, you know, we tour when we want to tour, uh, which is all the time at the moment, but you know, that could change easily. Um, I don't know. We, we do things ourselves. So then we got an email from this guy, Tom Nolfo, who's now our manager. Um, and he was working for Sony at the time. And he was like, Hey, I just saw that you guys don't have a label. And I think that's criminal. Um, me and my buddy are starting this little upstart called modern static. Um, we want you to be a part of it. And he had Sony on the little, uh, on yeah. his signature. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't ignore this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, we signed modern static. And then once we finished the record, they were like, Hey, we don't think that this is like, they're like, we, we think that this could be much bigger in, in the hands of another label. So then, they pitched to a couple different places. Um, and the one that like just absolutely could not let us get away was Monarch. Um, MNRK, however yeah. you want to say it. Um, they were just like, we need this record, dude. Like, we we need this. And uh we were like, all right. Uh, and you know, the deal looked great, and uh, you know, they didn't have any deadlines on us releasing records and stuff like that. So we were like, all right, let's do it. Um and then so we signed to Monarch and then Tom became our manager rather than our label head. Um, and he's killing it. I mean, he's just the greatest manager we could ever ask for. Um, and uh, man, it's it's so cool. Monarch has been so supportive of everything that we want to do. Um, they don't hold us back with like our personality. Like there's a lot of personality involved in this band. Um I like to treat it like a boy band because those are never, or like a K-pop band. Cause it's never, please do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like when you think about it, like, you know, sure. Like there's some K-pop songs that like rock ass, but you know, you're there for the personalities, you know, you're there for the people. Very true. You know, every, every five seconds of summer fan has a favorite member of five seconds of summer, one direction, pick one, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, when I really think about it, I'm like, well, you know, we got to let our personalities shine through. Like we, uh, we have to be ourselves. You know, I can't fake anything. I'm bad at it. I'm terrible at faking shit. So, um, when it comes to just like how we present ourselves, Monarch doesn't restrict us at all. It's awesome. Um, I love it. You know, they, they let us put, um, huffing paint thinner makes you invincible on a t-shirt. So, you That's know, I'm so sick grateful for them. <laughs> yeah it, it's really important to have someone like them shout out to marnik by the way and we've done a lot of shout outs but i mean it's, yeah, yeah, it's no, important to have fine. someone like them Very deserving. You know, by your side and it, i think, I think it yeah and i think they really saw your potential you know like like definitely and it's and it's important to mention people like that uh organiz, you know uh, organizations or businesses like that or labels like that who actually do yeah. recognize you because it really goes a long way it shows the growth i feel like not only are they are you are they helping you grow but you're also helping them grow you know that yeah, relationship is definitely. a very important one let me repeat this here second album i mentioned second album right before we get into the core of this mind job of a record first off yeah uh, this is the follow-up to your 2019 die on mars which we just briefly talked about it great album because i felt like hear me out I felt like that really put you guys on the map within the math core, the hardcore community. If uh -huh. there, there are certain blueprints for a debut in a crazy genre like that, and this serves as a great example for Die on Mars, it was chaotic then. It's still, still chaotic now. I mean, the reason why I'm saying that, right? Because, I mean, not only was that a great album, Carson, 
I mentioned Revolver, one of the one of the outlets that praise you. They mentioned that, and I'm going to quote here, there's literally no other band in heavy music quite like Dowboys. You know, a Brooklyn Vegan described you guys as a complete disregard uh, for traditional song structure. You know, I love that. That's a good thing. When you're, when you're yeah. causing discourse amongst the metal community, people start talking. That's what happened at the So What Festival. Here you are, man. You know, new label. New album, new chapter for the band, like I even mentioned. I, you mentioned the lineup changes. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you sense any pressure for you, Carson, when you decided to sit down and writing it for, for a new album or even just a follow-up? Because Or was it more like, you know what? We got our debut album out the way. Now we can just relax, you know, because what do we hear a lot? That sophomore slump, right? right I heard none yeah. of that. Holy shit. Like this album, talk about album contender of the year. Thank you. There's so many good albums this year, but you guys just <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna. I, I feel like I'm, I can't stop talking if I continue. But did you feel anything like pressure? Um, I guess. Uh, I I don't know. You have. Uh, they say that you have your entire life to write your first album, right? So hmm. I mean, like that. That is kind of how we felt with Die on Mars, but at the same time, like we had released two EPs that honestly, like I can't listen to. I don't think they're very good, but um. Dion Mars was just like, I, I, I really just wanted to prove ourselves. You know what I mean? I, I was just like, we like, I, I need to like make us, you know, what we're supposed to be. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think we definitely did that. Um, and I'm very proud of it, but you know, even on release day for Dion Mars, I was like, there's a lot of stuff that this doesn't have that, that we could improve upon in the future. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't pressure to improve on it. Um, if anything, I'm feeling pressure now to follow up Celebrity Therapist, but um, it's not <laughs> even out yet. But um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. Of, I, I I guess. I don't know. I think I think uh, that's a good thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. I, I asked that question because I think that is a good thing. If you have pressure, yeah. it means you, you care about what you do. You want to improve right. upon yeah, that. No. And man, you're already writing new Dowboys material. Don't. Okay. I'm going to try not to go in that well, direction because I'm going to, so, it's, it's going mean, to, I can't wait. <laughs> ask me as much as you want, but uh, there's like, I, I don't know. The, the pressure that was there was just like, the pressure for me was, I don't want to make die on Mars too. We made die on Mars once. I don't want to make it again. Yeah. Um, you know, and there are, there are great bands that, you know, are consistent, and, you know, make, not the same record every time, but a variation of the same record every time. And, I know, always think of Cannibal Corpse when someone says that because Cannibal Corpse, they've been, yeah, you know? they don't change up the formula, but the formula is so good. Mashuga, yeah. another great example. That's another one. Um, but I, I was like, I want to do something different. I don't want to make the same record. Um, so let's, you know, let's, let's go do something different. And, you know, there are elements on it that like we kind of let go of some of the elements on die on Mars and their new elements in celebrity therapist. Um, it, you know, out, out with the old in with the new, but I think it's very much still us. Um, I, I don't know the, the pressure was, was all around like, you know, let's make sure we write a record for us. Let's make sure we write a callous Dowboys record. Yeah. Check, 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 check. I think you got all that taken care of. Thank if, you. if Capra, Dillinger's K plan, Norma Jean and Converge had a baby. I think it would be you guys. Uh, but, but you really went outside the box on an already outside the box genre. I mean, I've never heard a 
mathcore record like this. I mean, spoken word to white noise, deathcore, post-hardcore. There were elements mixed with an avant-garde, dare I say, and drone. There were violence and brass instruments in there. I mean, chaotic compositions to yeah. violent astrology to the title track, literally the title track, because you mentioned it. Yeah. Elephant Man in the Room, Star Baby, which that made me my favorite track. I'm, I'm still not certain yet. So. It's seriously like, seriously okay yeah, see absolutely. hell yeah it's so many <laughs> twists and turns it, it really if anyone needed to catch their breath on this record do me a favor do it on the tile track because there's no turning back after it yeah, <laughs> after, that, after that track i mean you know how you when you, when you watch a movie you keep going back and yeah and, and uh watching it again just to make sure if you miss certain parts of it i kept going back on celebrity therapist and there were just certain parts i i didn't catch the first time over and over and over again. And I'm going to quote you here, Carson. You said this this record is the result of most of our emotional process uh, today. And every member threw their life into its creation. And yeah. to finish it off, we're grateful to enable that risk with every step. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much did things change from day one when you first started recording on Celebrity Therapist to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? You know, it's I don't I don't think nothing changed. You know, it's just yeah, like, no. like you knew from day one <laughs> what knew. what elephant man, man in the room was going to sound like from like <laughs> when it started. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, the creative process, like, holy shit, I can't I, I, I wish I was a fly on that wall just hearing you guys yeah. go through it. I mean, so I think that we go into the studio thinking every song's finished. Does that make sense? We go into the <laughs> studio and we're like, all right, we got the demo. Yeah. You know what the demo sounds like. Here you go for your take it. This is for your ass or whatever. Anyway, um, but like I think that then what happens while we're in the studio, while we're recording any instrument, um, it there's just something that happens with all of us in the room where we're just like, oh no, that's cool. Do that. Like something <laughs> like that will happen, or we'll be like that lead vocal line needs a harmony what if it was like this and then it's like okay well that just made the song like 10 times better um so i mean it really has to do with collaboration and everything being run through the filter of the callous Dowboys of each one of us um and i think what that results into is just something so unique um and so cool i think that like like uh, a brief article regarding time loops, like very straightforward song as a demo. Yeah. And when we got in the studio, we were like, well, that space feels kind of empty. All right, let's put more violin there. Like, or like, oh, okay, well, if the bass is doing something different than the guitars, then it's more intense. But then when it syncs back up with the guitars, it gets mm -hmm. even more intense. It was just like such a cool process. That's, that's just what happens when all of us are in a room together, I think. Do you ever uh, fall, fall on that trap where you go back and listen to yourself singing? And you're just like, you know what? I should have done it that way. The, the record's done, but... Sure. You I mean, you know what's funny is on the Avatar tour, we were playing... We hadn't played Elephant Man on the Greyhaven tour, so we added in Elephant Man for the Avatar tour. And uh, that song has so many fucking words um, <laughs> that I was like... It's such a I good song, like, though. It's just like, how, did, how are you going to remember all this on stage? It's like, yeah, no, I mean... It's it's basically me rapping, but in like weird time signatures. So like, I love it. When we were on like the first night we did that, I was so out of breath that I was just like, 
motherfucker, why did I do this to myself? Um, it was it was rough, dude. Um, but also, um, whenever we play What is Delicious, Who Swarms, I like will put a little more stank on the clean vocals. Um, and okay. then, like, I hadn't listened to it since I guess the day it came out or something like that, the day we dropped it as a single. And I listened to it the other day and I was like, that's what that is. I was like, it, I was like, do I really? I was like, I don't. I didn't do that in studio, um, because I put so many like extra like weird inflections on it live, and like Man. I'll hold out notes longer, or the, or the cadence will be different. So I mean, I I don't know. I practice my vocals like a lot too. Like I'll, I'll I sing along with our songs like a fair amount. Um, you just, went, bro, you went above and beyond on this record, man, from the cleans to that. Like, whole, I don't know how you do it. I don't care how you do it. It's it, <laughs> because uh, so I come from a family of musicians. OK, my mom's actually a singer. She's a recording artist. And uh, both of my brothers are singers. They're both drummers as well, by the way. But it's like I, I, I notice those things. And when I hear a song, it's uh, you were great on Die on Mars. But man, I I let's face it you one up yourself here on celebrity therapist i don't know how you're going to top this exactly. <laughs> so it, you well, mentioned the pressure and, <laughs> all right we got to hit back again on this next time right but well what's fucked up is like i'm a much better singer than i was when i recorded celebrity therapist bro you are like, a great uh, on the on the title track the that midsection yeah i'm like I'm so proud of that and I'm then so when you mentioned the pop uh genre that see it's like there's this part of you carson that fans haven't heard yet and yeah, i know there's a glimpse yeah. of it on this record it <laughs> i think that i mean imagine how much you can stretch out to there was someone who told me okay I, I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to mike from devil Wars prada he told me how oh, i think i think this is kind of uh we just love we just, that guy yeah we just love had him guy. on our show uh last week love that guy um he mentioned how it wasn't about expanding metalcore but bringing sounds into the genre to uh what is it uh you get what I'm saying? You guys are doing the same thing with hardcore and mathcore. You're bringing in different sounds that people have never heard of. I've listened yeah. to plenty of hardcore in my life, but when when you said that, I was thinking of what Mike said to me. In a way, it feels like you guys are on the same wavelength. I love that when artists do that. That and is, I, dude. That is like you you comparing us to like current Devil Wears Prada is like <laughs> you you don't know what that means to me. That band like that band can do no wrong in my eyes um like every time they release a record i'm just like how is it better than the last one god damn it um and, and they so did it again by so the way much. they they did it again but no thank you again you're thanking me thank you man you're making the music that you okay, love don't, so, don't ever so the, new, the new record's good the new it's, record's good. it's i it's my personal favorite uh, maybe i'm just being biased but i've been around those guys damn. since the beginning and um this Have episode, you ever listened this to, episode uh, this episode i think drops this week actually with devil wars prada so oh that's awesome have yeah. you ever listened to mike's other band god alone yes uh i so oh, we we ran out of time i didn't have a chance to talk about it because we talked so much yeah, i talked no. so much but um but shout out shout out to mike uh Heranica, man he's i like, i i saw him at so what but i was like I was, how, I was isn't so it so i was gonna i was awesome. gonna mention that so mike came in the uh mike came in the press room he was standing right next to me i was like wait I had another interview coming up because we were in the press room doing interviews and stuff. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm not sure why we didn't do an interview, you and me. Yeah, I don't know. We should have. We're but anyway, we're here. Next but, time. 
but he's he's such a humble guy. I I learned so awesome. much about myself as much as I learn about my guest on my own show. I'm yeah. having the same moment here with you, man. You know, it's Thanks, it's man. there's a great deal of humility and a great deal of of what you're doing that serves as inspiration. And it's no different to what I said to Mike. Yes, I am comparing you guys to Delver's Party because you guys fucking deserve it. Okay. And Thanks. and this that, podcast, and I, this isn't just any podcast. We're around the world. It's on every stream. So people are going to hear this. Oh, yeah. Mike, we love I you. Hope, all right. I, I hope <laughs> that uh, I hope that Mike finds out how much I love his bands. Other than oh, me telling hey, him how much he, He's coming to Dallas next week. So I'll be sure to tell him that. All right. I'm Come missing. On. I'm missing that tour coming to Atlanta because we're all out yeah. with Rollo. You I'm guys so are, you guys, uh, Rolo Tomasi, you guys aren't on, Dallas isn't on that, I don't think. No, it's not, no. sadly, but East Coast. next I time. Wish. Man, Dude, Cal- I love Dallas. Uh, I love Callis. Let's, <laughs> so uh, I, I want to talk about this. Uh, Amber, okay? Yeah. Um, who is, so I'm a violinist, by the way, Carson. So okay. I I wonder what are some people that don't, a- a- Amber Christmas, she's a, she's a violinist in the band for people who don't know. What are some challenges, bro, on having a violinist in a math core band of all groups? We've seen the violinist be in like a metal core groups, a symphonic metal, country, a math core group. I mean, yeah. is it is it challenging or is it just it, it kind of just fit in where you needed to? I, I always think about that. You know, you look so, at you, you guys are on the stage, you're doing your thing, you know, and all everyone else is and then and then Amber's right there with a the violin, like bobbing her head and going doing the yeah. insane things that she's doing it's- i mean she goes crazy yeah um you know so you're dangerously close to the forbidden question which the forbidden question is how'd you come up with the idea to have a violin and a math core band which i i <laughs> i, I, I turn it so around many right? times, but uh yeah no, no you you did a good job um so uh i you know i think that she would be the one to ask on that you'll have to have her on sometime but That's okay um i mean so she if i when I write the demos for our band, um, like, you know, pre pre-production stuff, yeah. um, it's, it's largely me and I program the drums and, you know, write the guitar parts and stuff like that. Um, but she's the only one I can't write for. <laughs> she's the only one who I'm just like, I don't even know where to start, dude. So um, usually uh, once I have a demo, she comes over and we figure it out from there. Um She's so talented with with how she fits in and everything like that. Oh, oh gosh. Um, I mean, I wonder if it's like you have the song laid out and then you present it to her and then she and then you guys go back around and then work around what her suggestions are. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, so like that works. The first demo, the first demo that we had of Elephant Man, because she has that big like uh, like we call it the wedding break because it sounds like violins being played at a wedding. Yeah. she has that big section right there, right? Um, and the first demo of Elephant Man was like two and a half minutes long. It was like just very straightforward. And she heard it and she was like, it's cool. And like, I like it. She was like, I don't think I fit in anywhere on this. And I was like, I think I might agree with you. Um, and we had discussed yeah. like, maybe she like just sings on it or something. Because um, she can sing real well. Um, but we just kind of talked about it and I was like, well, what if there's a part that's only you? <laughs> like, what if, what if it's, there's a part that's just you? Yeah. Um, because we were kind of trying to figure out what to do with the middle of that song anyway. Um, because it just went like first chorus, second verse, and then next chorus. Again, it was like not even two and a half minutes. It was, you know, your classic Dow boys ass beater. But, um, 
I was like, well, I mean, let's just stop and like, can I mean, do you want to write something like really pretty? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then she wrote that part. And then I had that like primacy sounding riff that comes after it. And I was going to use it for my solo project. I was like, that's going to be like a little like Carson Pace solo thing. And then I oh, like man. she played it and I was like, well, hang on a minute. And then I played it after it. And I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> um, and we were just like so stoked on how it led into each other. So, I mean, like it was like it all comes together eventually. Um, it just takes time. Yeah. You know, that's why we can't be on like any sort of deadline or anything like that for writing. Like it just takes time. Um, but I also think it also uh, pushes each other, pushes you guys push each other to become a better, better version of musicians of yourself, you know? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're a better musician today because of Amber, because oh, of your band, of because, of you know, I, I wonder if that, it's like that on stage when you guys are playing together, you guys are one unit. It's you know, not like you're out competing them, but it's like, it's like, okay, I, I gotta meet her Definitely. here, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And, and uh, we finally got her like in ear monitors and she can hear herself <laughs> way better. And she's like, she, she like, she was very consistent even when she couldn't hear herself very well. But like every single night, I'm just like, wow, all of us messed up at least once, but Amber, like just <laughs> played a perfect set. Perfect. Like, just like, you fucker. Like you're just like, so talented. And, and- and, you know, the sound, uh, Carson, was a big part of this record that I really love. You know, I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I felt like it was a matured sound from Die on Mars, which that was produced by you and uh, and mixed by you and Corey Bautista and yeah, yeah. mastered by Jesse Cannon. Uh, phenomenal job on that, by the way. Did you go the same route this time around? Yeah, so Corey, Corey and I... Uh dual produced uh this one um we had uh our friend dom maduri uh engineer pretty much all of it um he was behind the board um especially for vocals and drums he was really he was really helpful with that we had a 19 microphones for drums which is insane um we had a microphone over a Rhodes keyboard um that was picking up the vibration of the kick drum um and it's like this really crazy room mic we did some crazy shit dude wow uh it's why those drums sound like they do. It's nuts. Um, but uh, so, uh, and then um, we had uh, our friends, Ryan and Ian, they're from a band called a band called love. Um, they helped us with all of the vocals. Like I, I just didn't know how harmonies worked or anything like that. So they were a huge help with vocals. They were also mm-hmm. in the room the whole time we did that. Um, but as far as mixing goes, yeah, it was, it was Corey and I. Um, and uh, then we sent it off to, um, Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Was it Jesse? No, it's not Jesse. Shoot. Oh, he's going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> Whoever that guy is, great job. <laughs> uh, hang on. Hang on. I know his name. <laughs> why can't I remember his name right now? Um, uh, he does all the Dance Gavin Dance stuff. Um, oh, man. Uh, Chris uh, Crummit. Chris Crummit mastered okay. it. Chris Crummit mastered it. And he killed it. Um, that was like the best master I'd ever heard. It's loud as fuck. It's so awesome. good. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really into production. I'm like such a big nerd about it. Um, and, uh, it, like, even this isn't like exactly where I want it to be, but it was like good enough where I was like, all right, like I have my nitpicks, but like, you know, we're going with this. This is what it is. Um, 
I mean, uh, my favorite records to like listen to uh, as far as like how they're produced, like I think the act by Devil Wears Prada, like a perfectly sounding record. Great I record. Think, um, wait till they hear the new one. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. I think uh, Define the Great Line by Under Oath. Uh, Great album. Amazing too. sounding record. Um, and uh, like just, um, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. In Rainbows by Radiohead. Um, one of like my biggest production. Wow. Influences. I think that record sounds perfect. Um, like everything about that record is just, it's mixed perfectly. It, it, everything is where it needs to be. Um, like I'm in a whole other world when I'm listening to that record. And I think a lot of that is due to the mixing. So I'm always chasing that high. Um, whether or not I get it is a different story. <laughs> I, I think it's really neat how it feeds into your creativity and the making, making the music that you make. Um, if anything, anyone's out there, hire Carson Pace because he's please, he's fucking please good. Hire me. I'm and, fucking I'm fucking broke. Please uh, hire me. <laughs> no, he, he's good. He's good. Trust me. I mean, uh, and I'm listening to a lot of music. Um, yeah, yeah. By the way, let me know how much time you have left. I think we're we're approaching. I got till eight p.m. So okay, I'm... we're not. <laughs> I promise, we're not going to go. We're not going to go uh, too yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're almost done. Uh, now we talk a lot, dude. We need we need chicken wings. That's that's yeah, what it no, is. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I also want to talk about the lyricism throughout Celebrity Therapist because I know the bulk of this is about the history repeating itself and how we sort of move in circles. Considering the state of the world right now, Carson, it really resonates. I, I begin to think of the tangibles or even the intangibles of of a theme or a message to your music. Is there one or is there multiple? Multiple? Uh, is that a big component for songwriting for a band like Dowboys? Um, I think it has to be. Uh, I, I think that on die on Mars, um, all those songs are just about hating myself. So, I mean, like I, and I didn't like that. Like, I just like looking back on it now, I'm just like, eh, eh. Mm. uh, but with this one, it was just like, it, it, so here, here's what I'll actually say. Um, and I've said this a couple of times, but, uh, I'm trying to perfect the answer. So just get ready. Um, I think on die on Mars, it would be like there would be like one or two standout lines from each song and one or two lines where I was like really emotional singing them. Okay. Um, on this one, I was like, every line's going to mean something. That was like what I went into. I was like, every line has to like impact me um, specifically. Um, and uh, I mean, every song had to have a theme. It was, it was just like, nah, I'm not going to do the like Mars Volta psycho babble that I normally do. Like, everything's going to mean something on, on this. Um, and I can put myself right back to where I was and, and right back to what each lyric means whenever we're playing them. So, um, I mean, the history repeating itself thing, that's a big component of this album. But the other thing is just like, I mean, the album's called celebrity therapist, which is a nod to Scientology. Um, a lot of it is just about how we're all in our own cults. Um, you know, whether that you and you and I are in the cult of underground music yeah. and whether that's a bad or a good thing. I don't really know. I'm not the one to judge that, you know, I'm in it. I can't judge the cult that I'm in. But, you know, that is kind of what it's about um, is, you know, we're all in these traps and we all fall into these lines of thinking and we're all in our little bubble. Um, and, you know, those who are in the bubble of, you know, being super right wing or being anti-vax or you yeah. know being a conspiracy theorist or whatever um i have a lot of people like that in my life um uh, particularly people who just 
love the military, have no questions about what we're doing as a country with our military or anything like that. They don't care what the CIA does. They don't care what we do over in other countries. They just don't care. I have a lot of people like that in my life. Um, and I, I can't hate them. I can't bring myself to hate them. It just is, isn't a road I want to go down. I think the path of, uh, vengeance in the path of hate is one that just has no end in sight and a lot of this record is about finding an end in sight through like love and forgiveness for those people and also for yourself because i have these tendencies about myself that i really don't like um that you know i've spent my life my the last you know two or three years of my life trying to unlearn um and at a certain point you just have to you know have forgiveness for yourself or else you know you spiral into a hole and you end up like, you know, every other rock star that dies at a young age. So um, I uh, not to call myself a rock star, but you know what I mean? Um, I, it's 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 all very heavy feeling um, and uh, it's intentional um, until you get to Star Baby, which Star Baby is the forgive yourself and forgive everybody else song. So um, it like all the songs hurt to sing. Like they, they really hurt me. Um, but in a way that is, that is productive. Uh, this album is even more helpful to me now. And I need this album now more than I did when we made it. Almost to the point where it's therapeutic for you to translate Absolutely. everything that you have, that you wanted to convey into something productive like this you know Absolutely. here's the thing carson it's not easy to talk about the subject matters that you're describing no. to me you know no. but the way that you've done it on such a productive outlet you see what i'm saying I-, I hope whoever's listening to this podcast that we're talking the message is out there that you can get through this you know and star baby is know. is an example of that know. i mean there's a reason why i love that album and that song both of us and i know we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome conversation bro i mean thank you again so much much for you know so much discussing about who you are and and what the dow boys are all about you know from where you started and to where you are now you know six years doesn't seem that long bro but but you're making you're making headlines right now in in the hardcore (laughs) metal community that's no joke you know and performing for as long as you have and the people you met and work with during these just a couple of headbanging records. I mean, you guys aren't only representing ATL and the hardcore community, but making a statement with these two albums. I'm excited to see where you guys go from here. You know, this is definitely something that you have a passion for. And the truth is, uh, uh, you know, you may be young, Carson. We're, we're young, but you're ex- you've experienced plenty already in your career. Yeah. And then some. I'm rounding it out to this question because everything that you're telling me, you know, have your aspirations as a front man or hell, as just a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Yes. I mean, I think I'd have to. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, aspirations. You know, it's it's funny. Um, and I feel like I talked about this when Die on Mars was coming out. It was the first time we were seeing, like, actual success. And, you know, my parents were like, Hey, you should go pursue this because it looks like this is something. That's awesome. Um, for the first time, um, they they were still telling me to get a real job until we got signed. But you know, here we are. And then <laughs> I can relate to everything you're just saying. <laughs> at, the, at one point, my parents like, "All right, yeah, go and do it." <laughs> there, I mean, I see. Uh, 
I see the um the industry and uh the genre of uh alternative music. Let's let's just call it that. You know, you can put, you know, subgenres of yeah. you know, umbrellas of subgenres on subgenres as much as you want. But yeah. let's just call it alternative music. Um there are all these mountain there are all these peaks, you know what I mean? And you know, it's like first peak is like your first song to get 10,000 streams. Big deal for me, right? When I got there, meant nothing. <laughs> um, and then it's like, the next peak is like getting signed. Next peak is like putting out two albums. You know, it's, it, you know, there are all these things um, that you think are going to uh, satisfy you once you get them. Um, but uh, there's always a bigger fish. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know that's a line from the Phantom Menace, but still, it's true. There is don't, always don't okay. that okay. That movie is the most that that's the most the one movie I've seen the most in my entire life. By the way, Dude, me too. <laughs> Are you um, kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I've seen my that Star. Movie you can't say my time. Star Wars shit is all like lined up on this side. <laughs> I I have seen that movie so many times. Oh my god! I know we're going um, off on a tangent now, but dude, the Phantom. I yeah. love that movie. Okay, so yeah, that's just it's more <laughs> of a it's more of a nostalgic thing. Definitely. Movie. But definitely. if I were to watch it now as Neo, I was like, oh, this is eh, whatever. But anyway. Phantom yeah, Menace. No, I've, I think that's the movie I've seen the most in my life, but it, it's true. There is always a bigger fish. There is always <laughs> yeah. a bigger fish. There, There's always a bigger peak to get to. Um, and I mean, like, you can either choose to be dissatisfied and, you know, be like, oh, well, I mean, for example, uh, Fit for a King. My friend Tuck is, is in that band. I love that dude so Bro. much. Um, but then when I compare our numbers to fit for a King's numbers, I'm like, we are bullshit. Um, but you know, at the same time, like we're all on our own path and stuff like that. So I think as far as aspirations go, I just want to be happy, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as like amount of records sold, amount of streams, amount of tickets sold, I don't know if that's going to make me happy. I think what's going to make me happy is being, being content with, uh, our fan base and what we do and our output. And uh, I think I just want to be myself and, and make myself happy with what we make. So, and I, what I really can't wait for, what really uh, is my favorite thing to see in the world is when someone's like, I want to start a band that sounds like the Callous Dow Boys. That I could die happy right now just, just thinking about that. So, um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Whoever tries that. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason why people are saying there's no one else like you guys. That's still, <laughs> that, see, that, that's a huge thing. I think it's it is. No, but, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to not compare yourself to others. You know, I'm a journalist, bro. Like, it's hard for me to not compare myself to, I don't know, to Rock Sound. I love yeah. Rock Sound, by the way. Like, they're way, yeah. way, way bigger than Interview Under Fire. But, you know, it's yeah, it's the same thing. I love talking to people like you. The reason why is because I wanted to give awesome people like you a chance to talk about the music a way you've never talked about it before, you know, and I've been passed on over and over and over my entire life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, I mean, I can say this. I mean, the person of my color, usually you don't see it in, in metal, yeah, you, know? Yeah, absolutely. you know, especially yeah. with the, the field that I'm in. And then I want to make an impact. I want to be able to tell, I want to be able to leave an imprint on someone else, a positive impact before I die. I leave, you know, it's, yeah. that's what's important to me, you know? And if I can do that, yeah. If I can make an impact on, and I'm talking about me, I apologize, but I'm trying to relate oh, to what you're saying. You know, it, yeah, I, I'll make myself happy that way. And 
I can take advice from you. You you're the same way. You know, you're friends with Fit for a King. That's fucking awesome, dude. Like, I think that's really, really cool. That's a really special bond you have. You know, read, be, read between the lines. That's what's important, and and you're learning that about yourself, and that's really cool. And, and I want to remind yeah. you that I ask you this question because you are doing great things, Carson. You know, we're gonna talk about this interview maybe three, four albums from now, and you guys are gonna be absolutely man. Who knows? I hope genuinely, genuinely, this has been one of the best interviews I've done, if not the best. Um, and I just, please, every record we put out, every record that I put out, just <laughs> anytime, seriously, open door, open bro, door. Bro, let's, let's stay in touch, man. We're going to do the Wings Absolutely. interview, okay, one day. Absolutely. One day, if you and Tyler of Capra are doing a tour, we are doing a, a full roundabout of a Wing interview that day, okay? okay. Yeah, no, it's, I'm going to kick his ass. No, too. seriously, ask right. him about the Wings interview. He hated it, but he loved it. <laughs> I've never seen a grown man cry like that. The way he headbangs on stage. He's a complete different animal. But when he's eating wings, yeah. bro, I got concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I well, was concerned went, for the guy. <laughs> he suffered through that. And then he, they got on furnace fest and we didn't. So, you know, that's that <laughs> you guys got on. So what? So there you go. You know? So, Oh yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. It's kind of, I was so, when I saw that, I was like, I, when I saw that they were on it, I was like, oh, that's so cool for them. But I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> like, I was looking for you guys on that bill. I was like, how did the Dabways not? I mean, that would be perfect. Like you I guys fit not. right in on that bill. I think we are slated to cover Furnace Fest. I don't know. I've never been to Birmingham, Alabama before. We'll see if I can make it out there. But uh, bro, Birmingham's well, a place. It's yeah, certain, it's, it's certainly gonna, a place. Yeah. Um, uh, now. Let's get to the final part of our interview. I think this is what you're waiting okay. for, right? I'm going to do something called the lightning round. <laughs> I think you can guess what this is. I'm going to go down the list. You have to, you just have to think quick on your feet. Pick one okay. or the other, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You ready? Okay, mm -hmm. here we go. Green or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? Vegan. Coffee or tea? Tea. Don't worry. There's like background music while we're doing this when this airs. Okay. Cats or dogs? <laughs> cats this is perfect because we just answered it star wars or harry potter star wars mexican food or italian food italian food climb a mountain or jump from a plane climb a mountain country or hip-hop hip-hop if you were to spend one day in the world of the last video game you played where would you be and would you survive elden ring no <laughs> same here dude <laughs> I would die. I had to hide that. Bro, I played like 15 hours of it one day. I accomplished yeah. nothing. Tyler finished it, by the way. Tyler finished oh, it, and he's going way beyond that. Tyler's like amazing at those games. I know. Like he just finished Horizon Zero Dawn, the new one. And I'm like, I've never even gotten to play that game yet. That's one of my favorite franchises. That's crazy. Um, but Elden Ring, yeah, we would both die. Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. Hell yeah. Hall <laughs> LA or New York? New York. Dion Mars or Celebrity Therapist? Celebrity Therapist. <laughs> Would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? Move things with my mind. If Michael Myers offered to buy you a beer, would you accept? Yes. These get ridiculous. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. All right, last one. There's a time machine in front of you, Carson. It says the destination is your first concert you've ever attended. Where where are you, and what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip? I am in uh, Southwest Georgia, uh, seeing Kenny Loggins with my father. Uh, yes, bro, <laughs> that that's that is awesome. 
Man, yeah. do you do you have like the ticket stuff from that day? Like it, like pictures. I think I do. Things? Yeah, I think my dad does. Yeah, um, we that was that was my first concert, and then uh, Fountains of Wayne was my second concert. Oh, my, bro, that's okay, okay. That that hits like right here. That was like man, yeah, Fountains of Wayne. I, so classic would, band. For me. Would you yeah. go and and revisit that time again though? Like absolutely, your younger Absolutely. self maybe have a beer. I don't know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> give yourself 11, advice. So I will. I, I was eleven, and also I don't drink. So uh, yeah. I, yes, yes, I, 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 yeah, sure. I'll try and have a beer while I'm eleven. <laughs> yeah, the first concert I've attended was actually it's crazy. Uh, it was actually the used, and so I saw the used again for the first time since then a couple of weeks ago, and we covered wow. them. So it it it's really cool that they're not featured on my publication. So well, I hope uh, I get to I I hope I get to interview Kenny Loggins or something. That that would be cool. we could probably make that happen actually for you actually. You know we've we've interviewed so many people. It's it's insane how many people we've interviewed. So and and you're just another amazing person to add on to that. But bro, um, yeah, uh, oh, I, I, I was gonna mention I was gonna mention. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm seeing Goo Goo Dolls on Sunday, <laughs> dude. Uh, I'm covering Goo Goo Dolls next Wednesday for Interview Under Fire. Are you interviewing Blue October also? I I don't think so. I'll I'll try. Last time I saw Blue October was like Edge Fest. That's this Blue, was like Blue October's opening that tour, which is the primary reason why I'm going. Is I it just that. them two? I thought there was like it's another. Just one. It's just yeah. them two. Man, yeah. talk about a blast from the past though. But but Goo Goo Dolls that that goes a long way for me too. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of nostalgic shows shows recently, but it's, um, I mean the U's, and then you know of course it's Devil Wears Prada next week, and then uh, yeah. Devil Wears Prada is like the day after Goo Goo Dolls, so I'm gonna be in just a well, I, I oh, want to yeah, know what's yeah. gonna happen. But uh, man, this has been awesome, brother. Much love, man. Uh, nothing but success and. And just the well-being for you guys from here on out, man. I I I love what you guys are doing. Don't ever stop the passion for what you do. Do you have any like last words, any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as Dad Boys or your side project or any <laughs> or any like uh, tour dates? Uh, I know you have a tour coming up. Uh, yeah, sure. Mention? So we're uh, we're on the road with Rolo Tomasi and Crypto Dira uh, from September 1st to September 15th. It's all East Coast. If you live on the East Coast, we're probably coming somewhere near you um what else uh i'll be on the west coast during that time i'll be in nashville and seattle right on. <laughs> well uh, yeah and then yeah anyway <laughs> uh what else what else uh new music you, video oh yeah new music video on friday elephant man in the room comes out on friday <laughs> oh uh, shit i didn't know that awesome i love yeah. that song yes uh it's like it, it looks like a movie too i'm really proud of it um shit what else uh you're, you're not timed by the way don't worry oh i'm not okay perfect <laughs> Um, I make rap beats. If you're a rapper, um, hit me up uh, on on Instagram, Carson from Dow Boys on Instagram. Um, uh, also, I have a new podcast coming out sometime next year called Carson Pace Never Shuts Up. So, um, bro, I'd love to be a guest, man. Let me know. Yeah, no. If I can, <laughs> if, if, if I can if, find if, if you get journalists uh, on if, at some if, point, just let me know. So it's going to be like short deep dives on on topics that i like so if if you fit into that i will absolutely Hell yeah that's really cool man i love that you're doing that yeah let me know when that drops i want to check it out okay um absolutely. and everyone who's listening this is the awesome yes the awesome carson pace from the callous dad boys celebrity therapist drops september 2nd on monarch heavy i kept saying mnrk this entire time like an idiot that's okay uh <laughs> mnrk modern static on september 2nd do us a favor everyone who's listening 
buy the record. I mean, it really goes a long way. The bands can't do it without your help. I cannot stress that enough. I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room. Um, I'm, I'm, I just bought the movie The Black Phone the other day on Blu-ray. Have you seen that? It's so good. Anyway, I have not. No. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to become a big fan of horror these days. Anyway, um, uh, what else? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I know I'm not time, but Arola Tomasi, Cryptodira, that tour comes up soon. Carson, man, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart, bro. Let's. Um, thank you so much. Let's stay in touch on the socials, man. Whenever Absolutely, you come to yeah, Dallas, yeah. man, or if I even come to the ATL, I. Obviously, I'd have to come at some Dude, point. Yeah, no, let's let's get lunch or dinner or something. Yeah, absolutely. let's get let's get wings. We got to do that at some point, Please. man. Uh, Please. and again, much love. Uh, you take care, brother. All right, I'll talk to you next yeah, time. Man. Take yeah, care. Man. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.